Hello and welcome to this edition of Gage Podcast. I'm Simon. I'm Jamie. And I'm Phil. And this week we're doing Absent Friends 2015. Um, as you can imagine, this is celebrate all the... I think my phone dying, but never mind, don't ignore that. Very unusual there. <laughs> Edit time. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is this is celebrate the um, really, really clever people in Star Trek that we've lost... Um, Overall, because you look back, yeah, that was the, the, so the, yeah, tragically have gone this year. Yeah, this year because I don't know how this is going to work. I played it safe and done everyone that we've lost this year. In later years, I will throw in a few that we've done. Yeah, it's something we've decided we're going to continue to do because it's, it's quite nice to honour some people annually, that, yeah. annually that that a have really, I suppose, for everybody, changed a little bit of our lives by. By really just their work and their their commitment to the, what we like yeah. to what we the know and watch, is, not just in Star Trek. We didn't want to bombard you with yet another episode celebrating like Len Nimoy's life when you had like four or however many podcasts you listened to another yeah. episode with the same thing on it. Because I I had that I had about three episodes the same thing on it. Yeah, we wanted to do is ask something a so little bit not not special. We wanted to do something a bit sort of. We wanted to work out what we really wanted to do mm. and do it. Do it do it on our own terms. Do it on our terms, yeah. Mm. Which sounds a bit horrible, but we're not doing it because we have to. We want to do it because we want to. So we're not just doing actors, we're also doing production yeah. as well. So That's we, what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and... Have a nice little mix-up of each. So that you get... An, you get yeah, and, and to highlight some people, and you get in yeah. front of the camera. And we want it, we want to highlight to those of you who don't know some of these people or what these people have done. Yeah, because I, I always, I've always sort of tend to fan that those sort of behind the scenes, whether it's Star Trek or otherwise, they tend to be just maybe forgotten about a little bit mm. because you, they're behind the camera. They don't seem to be at the forefront of of everything. And you might not know a lot of these people that we we will we can t- we will well some of the people we're going to talk about today and also people for future might have done things that you know and love from maybe your childhood, maybe from your mid-teens, uh, oh, films you've watched, and, yeah. and you hadn't realised, so it's just something to, to highlight. Oh, particularly one person for me that we're going to be talking about. Well, it really Jamie, surprised would you me. like to say who we're doing in the show? Who we're talking yeah. about this? this, this so this. we're going to be talking about uh, four people. Um, we're going to be talking about Leonard Moy, and then we're also going to go on to Hal Bennett, who was a producer, and then Grace Lee Whitney, who is an actress, and then finally James Horner, the famous composer. Yeah, so, so as you can tell, there's a nice variation of different things. Yeah. We can just talk about what they've done, what their backgrounds, what they whatever, achieved, whatever we and sort of about. how they impacted us, I yeah, suppose, exactly. personally. Yeah. But so. we're doing it because we want to, mm. and I think, I say, it'll be an annual thing. It, so it's, it's a nicer way to, as a memento, rather than, oh, this has happened, we must talk yeah. about it. Yeah. Which we sort of said at the time, we, yeah. can't, we can't add in another episode for it. So I came up with this idea of doing it now, and well, we're doing it. We're doing it on a Monday night. Yeah. We don't yeah. really do it, and you're hearing it. I was yeah. going to say, yeah, we, we, it's we, a bit we, of an anomaly because we never normally record on a Monday. Stop saying anomaly. I think what he's been saying all day. <laughs> so, but it is an yeah. anomaly. What's anomaly. it called again? Anomaly. 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 Say it three times really quickly. Anomaly on on. Always failed miserably. Try that again, Jamie. One more time. Anomaly. 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 Sorry. Anyway, get on to what we're talking about. Yes, sorry. Because that's not what we're talking about. No, no. So obviously we're going to start with Len Nimoy, and that's that's one of the most important ones of this year. 
not to trivialise it or anything, but he's the one that most of you will know out there. Mm. Um, I think he's the one that even if you don't like Star Trek, you know of his name. Have, we'll have more meaning with it because you went to the we went to the Sky Talk. Talk Sky Talk, but yeah. Well, we were very very lucky with that when we, we were. We went to, we managed to get into and that Destination Star Trek three, and that was his last ever real sort of chat to a convention, was it? it maybe was, yeah. I think yeah. I think it was yeah, as far as I know yeah. Um, so it's it's just you know and sort of when I heard the news, it was quite a shock. Mm. Well, know? he passed away at the same time that my um, granddad Eric died. Yeah. And of the same thing as well. So it was a... a it was a bit of a... It's all a bit of a... Um, COPD. Mm. Coronary mm. obstructive pulmonary disease. Yeah, because he... Same sort of thing that mm. my granddad Eric had. So, I say... He struck a chord with you quite a bit, didn't he? Yeah. So. so that was quite a difficult time. Mm. I think you probably. I say you just listen back to how I sound in um, season one season review. Yeah. You You're not in your normal chirpy chirpy self. Nah, I think it was a bit of a double whammy thing. I think. Yeah, it? double blow. But I think everyone was hit by that. In fairness, because you, I mean, till uh, up until that point, we say rather than skip uh, around it. But he was just one of those people that just loved life, didn't he? He just absolutely loved it. I mean, I remember when we were talking about talking to him, what he was talking to on the Skype, mm. and and it was actually Neil Green that spoke to him initially. I yeah. said hello to him. I said, oh, "What have you been doing today?" And he just he was just so humbled in the fact that he, he said he takes every life, every every day. Um, he just enjoys it. I mean, he was talking about he woke up and his wife had made him a bagel, and it was the best bagel yeah. he'd had for a long time. Yeah, I think he's um, is, 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 is it his grandson? Yeah, he was seeing his grandson. Yeah, yeah. 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 That was just really, really nice, and he, he he sung a lovely song at the start as well, didn't he? Mm, yeah, it was actually you, you recorded the. Really I recorded nice, that, and if people if people nice. want to, if people want to see uh, some some snippets of the uh, Leonard Nimoy talk, they can go onto our YouTube page. Um, mm. Just search obviously the Engage podcast onto YouTube, and you'll find it. Um, obviously, 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 uh, yeah, of his song. Don't forget yeah. Bilbo Baggins. I won't forget <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, you showed that to me on YouTube. And I've, I I've tried to um, forget put that to the back of my memory, and now all I can see is him dancing around. Um, <laughs> thank you, Zom. He also had in um, June of this year, 2015, I guess you're not listening to it this year, he had a um, NASA honoured him with an asteroid. Yes, he did. 4864 Nemo. And so he was also. It sort of yeah. shows how much impact he had on the scientific community and. The world in general. It was like I was saying, you don't need to... And, yeah. Um, directing, because yeah. he directed um, two, two Men and the Baby. Yeah, Two Men and the Baby, yeah, that's what Tom said. This is one of his uh, most... Um, Well-known films, yeah. yeah. And I, I said, it's, it's a film me and my dad and I absolutely love. Mm. Um, and, you know, I said, because I've read Ellen Moy's biography, I'm, I'm Spock, and he said a lot of his, a lot of the... Sec- he had a particular section of the films he directed... And he really, really enjoyed working on that film. Was that was that the if you don't mind me asking, was it him that ripped that, or was it a ghostwriter that wrote it? Um, I think I think he just directed it. I don't think he actually wrote the film. I think he just directed it. But, um, there's actually pictures in in his book, uh, in his biography of him on the on the set working with the other actors during during the film. Hmm. But um, yeah, I said he's. It's, it's, I said it again. This was something I only found out a couple of Actually, I didn't know he directed it until I read his biography. Right. No idea. It's, again, it's that having that impact. 
from a from a from something I've seen years ago, whether as a child or as a teenager, and never realising that that person directed it, who I've now come to know quite well. Well, again, that that reverts back to what we were saying earlier, where where we're honouring these people, and you yeah. might not realise. I mean, people now might not realise that he did that film. Yeah, you know. Should I do a synopsis for him? Just yeah, do a little synopsis. Yeah, 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 for people who might not know. After all, Dagnet and Twilight Zone lend Nilmay earned a directation of a producer and writer, Gene Roddenberry and was the cast on Star Trek as Mrs. Spock. Star Trek premiered in 96 and turned Nimoy into a legitimate, uh, legitimate star. Nimoy always stayed active as an actor with other projects, working as a photographer and a director as well, while his roles boxed on the television show and the movies over the years dominated his reputation. He died on February 27th, 2015, at the age of 83. It's a fair old age, in fairness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, born in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Youngest child of Max and Dora. Dora, Dora. Um, all I never knew was he was um, a, um, was it Jewish, Jewish. Wasn't it? Yeah, he's Jewish. Yeah, yeah. The, the, um, yeah, that sounds like a Jewish name, in fairness. Um, where is it? I've got two for him. I've got two different. I've got his uh, memory of page and. Uh, Biography.com thing for him, so I'm just going in between two. Um, born in Boston, Massachusetts, just, um, just four days after his um, Will Shatner was born. Oh, right. Um, oh, I didn't know Ukrainian that. Ukrainian Jewish ancestry, and his family name means person who cannot speak in Russian. <laughs> I'm also actually interested in bringing that up about um, him being Jewish. It's actually interesting. The actual... Um, signs he created, like Spock's recognised unique symbols that he incorporated into the show, as Spock actually comes from his childhood memories of Jewish priests. Yeah. Oh, um, right. Yeah, and when they hold their hands when giving blessings. Yeah, that was the Vulcan salute. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've picked that up on that. Um, he also went in the uh, US States Army Reserve as well in the early 50s. Though yeah, he, he would have um, been. He would have been forced to, wouldn't he? Though he would have been drafted it, in. Yeah, well, I was going to say, wasn't that a thing you got actively drafted into into the military? Like he that? served for eighteen months in special services at Fort McPherson in Georgia and received this discharge in nineteen fifty five as a sergeant. But his personal file was destroyed in nineteen three during a fire at the National Personal Records Center. In St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah, because that would make sense. I mean, being born in 1931, he would have been literally just coming, yeah, yeah. coming of age. So he would have been, it. yeah. Totally drafted in. It's quite interesting because I said, we just said, you know, a lot of these, um, I think I think someone else we're going to be talking about, I think, I can't remember if it's half Ben or James Horner, but I think one of them also served in the military for a time as well. Actually. It's also yeah. interesting that someone of his era who, relatively speaking, people of his age now, you either, either, either as a, not a race, what's the word, as an age group, either ignored or cast aside. You know, mm. he was always someone that people looked up to. He was always someone that, yeah. that he, he was always on the ball with technology. He was always out there, you know, mm. which I think is quite a bit of a credit to him, to be fair. But his, um, his, Nimoy's actual career actually began at the age of eight. Oh, did it really? Yeah. Um, in first a, play to play, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. And I think, um, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he, 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 he was always quite fond of going to, to the, to, to, to movies to see. Mm. And there, it's in, it's, I need to, I should have brought the biography with me, but he saw a particular movie or he saw something in particular and it, it captured him. I think it was either a movie or it was, or it was a stage show. Um, but it, you might have it. I don't know if you have that info with your side, but there was something that captivated him. 
And it's that when was, he was at um, Boston's English High School after his graduation in 1949, he attended Boston College. Yeah. Um, while playing the role of Raf- Raphael? Ra- Ralphie. Ra- Ralphie. Ralphie in a college uh, production of Clifford's uh, uh, Odette's Awakened Scene, yeah. Nimoy noticed that another Odette's play was making a professional through Broadway de- debut in Boston. After seeking advice from one of the play's established cast mem- members, Nimoy submitted, uh, uh, submitted application to yeah. California's Pasadena Playhouse. Is that what you're getting at? Um, or is that similar? I think it's similar, but it was, it was something that made inspired him to become an actor. I need to have a look. Actually, have a look and see what it was. Oh, I, I haven't them. got it. Down. No. I got two of them, but it doesn't no. appear to be on. But um, yeah, it's what inspired him to become an actor, and it's his grandfather who actually encouraged him to. And since then, that's, that's sort of all he wanted to do. That was it. From the from when he saw that that show, that was what he wanted to become. Which is strange because that that's again at that sort of era, it wasn't the case of act, actors weren't revered as something to, to go into for young boys. It was you either go into the military or you go into a plumbing, you go into some sort of profession like plumbing or carpentry. But I can understand the sort of pill, particularly if you're thinking about the golden age of Hollywood, you know, the big gots and glamour and, you know, it's an age where anything seemed possible. Mm. So, you know, it's a huge, that's a huge appeal to well, everyone. I love the fact that you go back to Star Trek 101 and then they telling us about um, his father... Being, uh, being a barber his, yeah. and offering, the, what was it, Spock? Yeah, that was Spock cut. Spock cut, haircut, yeah. Which I thought was quite funny. That's what I remember. Because that became a bit of a... Yeah, he did very well, didn't he? But to bring that up, yeah. Mm. yeah. So that just sprang to mind. Just, <laughs> um, so, uh, Jamie, you might not know more about this, but he had three Emmy Award nominations. Yep, he did. Um, he actually won quite a host of awards, actually. Uh, during his time, including uh, there was a particular film that he did. Uh, let me just see. Oh. What film? <laughs> yeah, what film? There's <laughs> a particular He's film done he quite did. A few. He's done quite a few. Uh, the one I'm talking about is a woman called Golda. In 1982, he was um, he received an Emmy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor, and it was for, it was a TV film. Right. Film, um, and he was actually. Um, I think I also believe that Half Bennett, who's the second person we're going to be talking about shortly. Is actually produced that film, or produced that film. So, which I thought was quite interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how they sort of intertwined with this year. Yeah, yeah. So, um. He's, yeah, before he did Star Trek, he did meet, well, I think it might be after. Early career, he met, um. So, there's a list of them. He went on to the Tall Men on two episodes, and he met someone Phil might have known, Marianne Hill. Yes. W- worked alongside her. Definitely. Oh, I, I, didn't, oh, I didn't know that. Might um, be, again, it might have been in his book. Bonanza, but I've not really had a long um, while. an episode written by uh, Gene Kuhn, mm. who would yeah. go on to do Star Trek. Yeah. Um, this isn't Star Trek related, but I thought it was quite cool. 961 episode of Twilight Zone with Dean Stockwell. Oh. Uh, again, with... Um, Dean Stockwell, And again, with Marianne Hill. What's that about iRobot? He didn't buy a robot in 1964. Oh, okay. I was, for a second, yeah, I was going to say, the Will Smith movie, I was like, no, nah, that can't be right. But he's done... The I Mon- am Legend. Mon- cool. He's done... He, uh, well, the whole reason he got the role in Star Trek is because he, in late uh, 1963, he landed a role on The Lieutenant, um, which was created by Gene Rutterbury, and that's how... That's how Star Trek became... How he went ended up on Star Trek. Yeah. 
I, I, I wonder if it was a uh, an instant sort of I think, I think when he went he, into. I mean, did he did he did he have to do sort of? Um, well, that's, what's the word? Uh, you the, always the, find with the creative side, they always go, "That's the sort of guy I want for this role." Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, if he did auditions, did again, he did, did Roderick go? That's him. I want him. Yeah, it's the case. I think it's also the case of the fact that if you know somebody and you see them again, it's like, oh, I knew I worked with them on such and such. Mm. So yeah, I mean, it's. Said he said Lindemoy did so much. I mean, like he took um, the method um, actor Milo Brando as his role model. Yeah, that was and the attention of producer and writer Jim Rottery at the time he was casting for Star Trek. So he was casting. Nimoy yeah. would be ideal for the role of Spock. Well, the other interesting thing I wanted to bring up is that when everybody, when everyone says Vulcan, you, think any, immediately, you immediately think of him. Yeah. So he has almost become that epiphany of what we can, in our mind, what we consider a Vulcan. Even people who don't know Star Trek, they think yeah. of Vulcan, they think, ah, Spock. Or even, or yeah. Even, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a younger generation that, that think of the, the new Spock. But, but um, what, what I found quite interesting, going back to what you said earlier, Si, about his um, role in that amateur production of Clifford Odets. Um, he, yeah, that he, thing I couldn't pronounce. <laughs> right. He, awake, awake of seeing, awake, awake and seeing. That was it. He, he, he actually played within that. It dealt with the struggles of the, of a matriarchal Jewish family member during the Great Depression, which is actually, it was interesting because it, 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 it was, it was like, it mirrored what Nimoy and his family had gone through as well. Right. So he actually said, um, playing this teenage kid in this Jewish family, that was so much like mine was amazing. The mm-hmm. same dynamics, the same tensions in the household. And the role that passionate led him to pursue an acting career. I never wanted to do anything else. Yeah, almost. It was mm. literally reliving his history, I suppose. So, I spoke in a way, so actually that was probably the catalyst, probably one of the catalysts that made him want to actually become an actor. Um, but, you know, it's just other stuff I didn't know. I mean, for example, when he took drama classes at Boston College, he, he did that after saving $600 from selling vacuum cleaners. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I found that. It's That's like, I know, that was just a nice little... There was a vacuum cleaner salesman. Well, the other thing is, when he was growing up, him and his brother, um, Melvin, were um, paper boys. Ah, that I didn't know. For the Boston Common, which I thought was quite cool, just kind of... No, that I didn't know. I suppose there's many many young boys, but in fairness, and girl, actually, for that matter. It was, but it's just kind of from so small roots, from doing a vacuum salesman, Mm. and paper boys kind of... Well, it goes back to what we were saying on the way down here, wasn't it, Jamie? How people come from somewhere small. I mean, we were, I, I was, um, t- I know this is completely off topic, but I was talking about an episode of and Friends. Has that ever stopped us before? No, has yeah. it ever stopped us before? I was talking about, you're going to help me with the name here, Jamie. I was talking about an episode of Friends where I saw... Jeff Goldblum? No. Paul Judd? No. Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul Rudd. Yeah. And he's the guy from Five Year Anniversary. He's, um, does, he's done a lot of wrong He's done the new uh, Alien film. Is that that where he t- no Ant Man? Sorry, done the new Ant Man film. Look it up on a yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he, I saw him in an episode of Friends, and I, I've seen him as a Hollywood movie star, mm, and yeah. I hadn't really seen him in many roles in like small no, little cameos. Have I seen that episode then, Jamie? It's the one. It's the one no, where uh, no. Phoebe realizes she mugged Ross. You, it's no, not so. seen that. No, I've already spoiled that for just, you now. Are you just spoiled <laughs> that for him now? Yeah. No, well, it didn't finish in 2004. Yeah, fair well, yeah, but, 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 no, All I was trying to say is it's but, interesting seeing those actors back then yeah. and then seeing them as Hollywood movie stars now. Paul Rudd doesn't turn out to like season nine. So you've got a few seasons off, well, yeah. yeah. well, yeah, that's what I was trying to say. So I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm on a hiatus from Star Trek. I'm doing a rewatch of 
think, of friends. friends the oh, whole way oh, right. <laughs> you quite had the film because Friends Fatigue. I got Friends Fatigue when I w- tried to watch it in last year. Possibly. Something like that. So I'm currently watching it, so yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it's interesting how I'm bringing it up then. Yeah. But no, the point's the same. Is I, I didn't realise that, because it, it's weird. Some, sometimes you grow up and you see people who are, are young actors and then you grow up with them. Mm. Like, for example, the Harry Potter. We, we're always going to see Daniel Radcliffe as that Harry Potter because that's how we've grown up with yeah, the same, same similar ages. The first film. The so same you, with, yeah. yeah you with, look back and think, my God, into what, what, what he, what they are now. Mm. You know, it's, it, but it was weird to look the other way around. Like, hang on a minute. Oh yeah, obviously you acted when you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird epiphany. It's a strange thing to think of, but yeah. But you know, it's just and and I've said the other thing also that you no know, came up there also the concepts of the Vulcan nerve pinch. So it was this idea in in his head that um, like that when Spock would try and stop someone, he wouldn't. Well, the original idea was to use the bow of his phaser and whack them. But Spock wouldn't do that as a no. character. He's, you know, he's, he doesn't show emotion. So him and Shatner work the scene together, and that's when it just clicked. You know, using like using your fingers on the shoulder and pinching them. That was that was a more of a non-aggressive way to stop them. Yeah. So and again, that fits perfectly in with why why would you sit there and fighting? It's not logical to sit and fight. Let's just do one thing and and, and end it there. Yeah. But you know, since since Starship, he went on. He also went and started uh, Mission Impossible as well. The TV series he played, but a bunch of roles in that as well. Mission Impossible. Actually, yeah, you're right. I seem to remember him from there. Yeah, no, you he, say that. He was on. Um, he, he, he did it for about four years. So that, that I think that was the thing he Give immediately. Give me a chance. I can tell you. He immediately did it after uh, Star Trek. So, so I'm remembering. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> yeah, Jamie, you've got a very good message for for episodes. Though it's better to remember. I can remember some things. I wish I was better remembering others, but there you go. <laughs> My mind. Um, if you're interested in it, played, that way. Um, Paris for two seasons, so 1969 and 1971. That's the one, yeah. There you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mission Impossible. Then you went on to Quest the Tapes. Uh, awful lot of other stuff that would take good old how long. Yeah, and said he went Yeah, on we to, haven't got that. Yeah, he went <laughs> on to, <laughs> all the time. He, he received on. a Sassanol nomination for his portrayal Spock in the motion picture. Um, yeah, finished. And he also... Directed, I thought it was quite funny. He had a... Um, he directed uh, Star Trek 3 and 4. He well. was the Excelsior Computer Voice, which I thought was quite funny. He's also a oh, Mercy Hospital yeah. visitor. Although you couldn't tell it was him, but he's there apparently. <laughs> He was also Spock Prime. He's <laughs> <laughs> one of those actors that you can never say enough for. He's, no. he's so widespread that I don't he's think he's so much given enough in credit. So many different films. He's, he's one of those actors that, again, sometimes it's like Alan Rickman. You might not recognise him, but you know how how good he is as an well, actor. Well, it's like it's like the fact he's he said he's he's done he's done music. He's done uh, one of his other passions as well was photography. He loved doing photography as well. I mean, um, I, I didn't really know anything about his photography career. I mean, is there particularly any famous photos he's well known um, for? Or? Well, nude ones. Oh, fair enough. Like, that, 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 that speaks itself, well, doesn't it? What I've got here is he, <laughs> his interest in photography began at childhood, um, and he only, actually, for the rest of his life, the only camera that he rebuilt at the age of 13. So, Are you saying what, the same camera he's ever used? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, this is what I'm on about. Um... 
Oh, that was it. What was it, a Lennox or something? Um, it doesn't actually, I, I don't know, it doesn't sound mine. Like, that was it, that's... I'm um, sure that was Simon's got. So, after this book, he reti- mostly retired from acting, and replaced his career as a photographer and a philanthropist. Um, he then served as Will Shatner's best man in 1997, when he weighed new kid. Um, this is the book we're on about. His 2002 photography book, The Shekina Project. Jeremy, thank you. Shekina. Project. Controversy for its depiction of Jewish themes with nude forms. His equally provocative 2007 work, The Full Body Project, to a provider of physical size and beauty. There you go, that's what I'm wondering. Fair enough. So, well, Mar just said where he still he said he studied at University of yeah, California. Yours, yours played it a bit safe, whereas um, to be honest, I didn't, didn't. I didn't actually know they actually done it, but fair enough. But you can actually find this work exhibited at the uh, R. Mitchelson Galleries in Northampton, Massachusetts, and the Massachusetts Museum of Contemporary Art. I think to so, finish on, I think we're in the same way that Phil started it. That Phil, he is. Typical Vulcan mm. you think of. Mm. He is one of the first things when you say Star Trek, you go, oh, Yeah, I think, I think Spock or Leonard Nimoy is, is, is more associated with Star Trek than, 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 than yeah, any yeah, other, Kirk. including, including Kirk and Will Shatner. Yeah. I think as soon as you say Star Trek, it's Leonard Nimoy or yeah, Spock. Spock. Yeah, absolutely, I would agree with that. Or people do and the Vulcan symbol or they go beam me up, Scotty, which and I think yes, you know, never said. Me, me personally, what, what sort of, sort of Nimoy's brought for me and just how, how I think of him is just the fact that just an all round top bloke. I mean, it's just such an honour just to see him on, on Skype. Did he and do a lot of charity work as well? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think he did, yeah. Um, but it's just the fact that, and you know, I said that sort of him, Star Trek wouldn't be partly wouldn't be what it is today. No, no, it's such a huge and the impact. reboot and the reboot wouldn't be for him because obviously um, the, the, the name is, Qu- is it Quint? No, Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto. Thank you, thank you. He's, 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 he's well would probably cast to really look like him, I guess. Yeah, and as I said, he just had he's just had a huge impact on so many people, and he's just everyone wanted to be him. Or just know him in some form or meet him or or, or say hello. Yeah, he just touched so many lives, and you know I think that's how I'm always sort of going to remember him for the for the role he played as Spock, and also just of the other things I've sort of. Oddly, his death is a bit like he's become a bit of a martyr in sort of Star Trek fandoms in a way. So famous that Mm. he can never. Oh, he, he oh, I see what you mean. Mm. Okay, sorry. I, 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 wonder, yeah, I, I wonder what way you were going down yeah, with I'll, that. And I thought, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I see what you mean nice now. Way, yeah, but yeah, kind yeah. Of, I, it's I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, he's legendary. Yeah, well, it's, it's the fact that even in South Africa Online, he's got um, statues for him on each of the three yeah. That's how places, some of the people commemorate it. So it's just, to quote to quote Rudolph, he will go down in history. Yeah, and his his um, his last tweet as well that he ever did. Mm. Yeah, which we, we did do at the time, I think. Yeah, like. which was absolutely lovely. Um, I'm trying to think, what's it? Um, life is something like. Life is like, life is like a garden, something preserved in, I can't remember exactly, I should have written it Look down. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something on the lines of life is like a garden, preserved forever. Life is like a box of chocolate. 
you don't know which one you're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, but no, life is like a garden. <laughs> oh, um, nutty. Like, me, like, like, um, like memories, preserves. I, I, I can't remember. My name's Forrest. My name's Forrest. <laughs> yeah, we, we should know what Linda Moyes' last tweet was. <laughs> you're gonna look it up, Phil. Yeah, just keep, just keep filling space. Yeah, but no, it's just a case. I Phil, mean, Phil, Phil. I think, I think that's just, just personally for me. It said he just brought me so much joy in, in watching Star Trek. And just reading his biography, I felt as though I come to know him more as a person, not just as an actor. Because as I said, he, as I said, he went into, and as what we've got here, he said he went into detail about his early years, what, what aspired him to become an actor and what sort of other stuff he's done apart from Star Trek. So his interest in music and photography. It's just all those little things. And I just feel as though I've got to know him as a person, not just as an actor. Wouldn't you love to go back in time and go and meet him? Oh, yeah. Point, like... Like the first official Star Trek convention or something. Absolutely. Kind of, well, yeah. we were talking about this before, weren't we, Sire? Like times you would go back into uh, into history, but yeah. yeah, we'll at least save that for another time. Would you like to know the uh, the or tweet a blog. or a blog? Yeah, or a blog. <laughs> plug, plug, plug. <laughs> a life is like a garden. Perfect moments can be had, but not preserved, except in memory. That's live it. long and prosper. We'll leave it there. I think yeah. it's a nice place to leave it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, amazing man. And then we go on to another one, um, Harv Bennett. Yeah, who's a producer. He was um, born in Chicago. He's a writer, hmm? uh, briefly an actor for, well, one cameo. Um, producer, producer, writer. Um, what was his... What was his uh, Main event, main events. Sorry, not main events. You main, know what I'm I think he mainly did produce it, but he was. Um, Where do you well, um Six Million Dollar Man, the Bionic Bion- 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 Woman. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Um, series that I've never actually watched, but I have heard of. Again, my dad used to that love. period. They yeah. were the shows to watch. Yeah, so I've never seen it, but it's like the cold. Yeah, my my. So dad, I suppose it was like today's. Um, Game of Thrones, or, or, or I was going to say something else because I didn't want to be too over topical, but yeah. But no, it's like my dad used to watch the six. Uh, uh, sorry, is it Six Million Dollar Man? Six Million Dollar Thank Man. You. Bionic yeah, he used to watch the Six Million Dollar Man. He told me about he, it a lot. Um, oh, Phil, you'll know him. He um, wrote, uh, produced, no, produced um, Star Trek Two. Yes. Yep. That's what he's most known for. Oh, yeah, a film I've watched countless times. <laughs> yes, Phil. <laughs> How many times have you seen that now? Um, uh, what happens in there? Is it, is it? <laughs> Produce yeah. um, Such a Spock and The Voyage Home and A Final Frontier. Yeah, he did well. two to five. Um, he was going to do number six, but... Um, he... Six, he developed an idea for it, but that would have been titled The Academy Years. Yeah, it was, this, it was this idea of Kirk and Spock going back to their Which cadet days. 2009. Um... And yeah, two thousand nine essentially. What what would become two thousand nine? So looking at their relationship in their younger years, mm. which I actually thought at the at the time you posed it, I could, that's quite interesting. But it's, it's, that's, that's, it that's interesting because you see that in the new Star Trek, don't you? Yes. You see, you, well, <laughs> just missed a link there. Star Trek Six. I know with um, Nimoy because he directed it. Didn't he? No, he didn't do number six. He, no. Wrote, uh, wrote something he, Nimoy did I don't know Nimoy wrote um, he, he directed Star Trek 3 and 4 yeah but he had an impact on Star Trek 6 oh yes he did mm. didn't he yeah I know, sorry. I know what uh, I'm talking about ding 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 point to Simon no no it's just as you were saying that it just sparked off something in my head it was like 
Yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'll not So that links up with what we were just saying, but hey. Yeah. Thank you, Jamie, for screwing that link up. I go, huh? That's all right, no problem. Sorry. Cue the next. Huh? But, as I said, he had a brief cameo in Star Trek 3 as the voice of the flight recorder, whatever that means, and in Star Trek 5 as Starfleet Chief of. Chief of Staff Ad- Admiral. Yeah. That's a bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Star Trek Fleet of Staff Admiral. But what's also. Listen, that dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. What's also good is the fact that um, ben, Half Bennett actually came with the idea for Rafa Khan. So what he did was he'd sat down he and watched... He still got Twisted Arm into it, didn't he, though? Yeah. He, he really did. did. He really did. Yeah, you got... Did he design the chest, though? Have what now? Did he, did he decide on the chest, maybe, through auditions? Okay. And at this moment, folks, a bit of silence. Phil talking and me and Simon, a very Phil, puzzled yeah. look on our faces. Not me, Phil. Phil. No, Phil. We, when we went, when we went Send to, the messages when to we Phil, went to the huh? Q&A of, after we went, we, um, went to Rafa Khan. We didn't go to Rafa Khan. We didn't. We'd go to the Q&A either. Did we not? We were, oh, no, no, Neil Green was talking about the Q&A. Sorry, he was talking about the Q&A. <laughs> And he was saying about everyone, in, everyone just enjoying the chest. <laughs> but let's just move on before I sound like even more of an idiot. It's too late, Phil. You're already there. <laughs> but no, what I was saying is half... Hard... <laughs> I can't believe we've, been, we've done this for a year, this episode. What? <laughs> what, what, what did we do? Were we even there? Uh, yes, we were there. We were doing that. <laughs> well, I must have heard it over the tannoys. <laughs> <laughs> but no, half minute come up with the idea for for Wrath of Khan when he was rewatching the old when he was rewatching yeah, all the episodes. All seventy nine episodes, and went, oh, this calm boy, let's go for him again. Yeah, Space Seed in particular stood out for him. That's where he developed this idea. We watched to do a sequel to the episode. What happened to those people who went on to that planet? So, um, but yeah, so I said he also um, he was he was born in nineteen thirty in Chicago. Um, and he was the son of, uh, he was basically his parents were, I think it was, his mum was a journalist and, um, his father was a fisherman. And Benny actually started out in, uh, radio. <laughs> no, 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 I was looking at something else. Oh, okay. Um, cause you said he was born in 1930. Yeah. So he was, um, well, a year after, on Nimoy, but carry on. Yeah. Um, and he's, but, but but it's, <laughs> it's that only edition. Yeah, he was born a bit later than the other guy. But, <laughs> well done, Phil. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just be quiet. I'll just, I'll just sit quietly in the corner of the room. Be, be I'm going to fade away. Be, be a member just, of the I'm audience. The back. Oh, no, I'm, the back. I'm the back of the room now. No, I'm, but I'm, I'm, he, it's fine. I'm, I'm just sit at the back. I'm I, come, I can come forward, though, if you want me to come closer. <laughs> Then it started off from radio. And then oh, did he really? Oh, lovely. Okay. Yeah. And then he uh, and he turned to the world of film. Um, well, not before joining the US I was Army. About to, I was about to say that. But well, you always do. I don't know. I kind of go, oh, you missed this bit. And you go, well, yeah, I was about to say, say that. Yeah. <laughs> Done, Jamie. <laughs> Be quiet, Simon. Come over to the corner of the room. It's nice over here. Shush. You were saying about his army career? Yes, he... <laughs> In 1953, he joined the United States Army, so he served in the military police. What corps. rank? Hmm? What rank? He was honourably discharged in 1955 with the rank of corporal. Where did he work? At the United States Disciplinary Barracks in Lompoc. Lompoc? Is that right? I think so. Okay, California. Sounds really odd, that name. Uh, 
Kind of if we got that so, wrong, send it to Jeremy, not yeah, me. No, I yeah, that's fine. I'll, I'll take the fact <laughs> that. So, um, and eventually, see, when he when he finished there, he went began his career as a production executive. Working in CBS in New York. Yeah, and then ABC. Oh, that was oh, that was. I thought that was quite cool. He first went to CBS in New York City, and later moved to the programming department of ABC, becoming vice president of daytime programming. Before becoming vice president of programming. So he went really up the ladder until yes. he really hit the top and then top, went, yeah. right, I'm bored now, let's go and... Let's go back down and see let's... what's going on down here. Well, that's the thing for some people. They, you know, you go so far and it's like, well, I've done it. Well, the thing is, that's yes. very backstage, isn't it? Yeah. That's writing paperwork and then mm. he actually wanted to go into production work. Yeah, which is interesting. So, you know, it's just a case of... And that's when he went on to do Six Million Dollar Man and The Bionic Woman and... Yeah, so, so either going to the top and then actually saying, you know what, I'm not enjoying this, I'll yeah, do something exactly, I love. Yeah. Mm. And also, as I said earlier, he also did um, a woman called Golda, which is what Moet's co-starting. So, yeah, but as I said, he, he's done, he said he's done, he's, done, he's done a lot of Star Trek as well. So, you know, he's produced some, some finest Star Trek films that we come to know of today. Um, and he, as you say, so he also wrote, um, did you say that earlier, he wrote Star Trek 3? Um, I said something about Star Trek Three. Yeah, he's in addition to well, in addition to serving as producer, he also wrote Star Trek Three, co-wrote the story yeah. and screenplay for Star Trek Four oh, and yeah. Five. So you're getting there with Roman numerals. I am, man. You're getting I'm, there. I'm getting there with Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Star Trek Six, he didn't become part of because the idea he came up with, they didn't go through with it. So, so he went screw you. <laughs> but another interesting thing actually was. Um, won quite it? a few awards. Mm, something else I remember. No, that's all I, I thought. I thought I don't know who it will be. No. Uh, so I was thinking of Sankos, but it's not that. It's fine. Well, but, yeah. I know he won a Saturn Award nomination, three Hugo Award nominations, two Resi Awards nominations, and actually one Resi Award. Wow. Whatever that means. What is a Resi Award? Isn't it like for... An award. Yeah. Well, no, aren't, aren't, aren't <laughs> Resi's like awards for like worst something? Uh, going completely off topic, but it's only an example I can think of, Transformers 2, didn't that nominate like Razzie Awards? Because it, like, it was like a sit up one. Well, to be fair... It was a very high-grossing film, but it to was... To be fair, you can guess what that was for. What? Harv Bennett? What, the Razzie he got? Or uh, a golden... Uh, well, it's, uh, it's short for Raspberry Award, which is, the, uh, which, which is for the... Um, well, it's an award ceremony to recognise the worst films. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Found by founded by Americans. Hmm. I'm guessing Star Trek Five. You might be onto something there, James. Maybe it might be the fan dance. Maybe that's exactly the reason why. Well, you we know how much you enjoy that film. As in, we know how much you enjoy the fan dance film. I've not even seen it. <laughs> Don't. You'll never be able to get it out of your memory. That can be arranged. Oh, please, let's not go back down that road of Philbo. <laughs> I've, already, I've already spent years trying to get that out of my memory. <laughs> and now it's coming back. All I can see is him dancing about. <laughs> I'm like, what, look who in a room with Star Trek 5. For all those who want their memory, or, or, or what's the word? Who, all those who want physical torment, Google Leonard Nimoy and Bilbo I'm into s- YouTube and see what comes up. Bilbo Baggins. I'm sorry to say, but Bilbo Baggins is actually one of my right passage. Passages for Star Trek. <laughs> I feel sorry for your brain. I really do. <laughs> yeah. 
it doesn't bother me. I, I can me. understand why, but anyway, <laughs> moving right along. Um, yes, so so, much else that we can say for him. He's done so much, and he's been. He's just another one. He, 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 he's on par Such with Nimoy, really, but the behind-the-scenes sort of thing. Yeah, and as I said, I mean, I said I, I've, I've, I said I don't. I said personally, I don't really know much about him. Not as much as Nimoy, anyway. Um, but generally, as for the work he's done. Again, it's another fantastic contribution to, to not just, as I said, Martin Starship, but also other things that he's done as well. Well, exactly. And yeah. it's, you know... Oops, sorry, sir. And that's a cardio move yours, eh? Love <laughs> these random sounds I was just coming up. Yeah, um, my phone dying. Your phone dying. Is that so your... All the sounds from the background are all my phone dying. I've phone. never understood that. I'm running out of battery, therefore I'm going to use up more battery to tell you. Do you know what? <laughs> Simon, Simon reminds me of one of my friends from uni. She, 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 her phone always dies all the time. All the time. Never thinks to charge it up. Seeing how my blog is doing, and whether anyone likes it. I'm sure nobody I'm sure nobody reads them. Plug, 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 plug. I still need to, I still need to read your blog, so. Maybe we'll do that after us once we've finished. But, um, yeah, so is there anything else you want to say about Half Bennett? He died in quite an unfortunate way. He uh, died on the 25th of um, February um, due to complications from recent fall, which I thought was quite sad. Yeah. Mm. So a bit of a... Due to what? Sorry, I didn't hear uh, 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 Complications. Oh, what a fall. Oh, that's a good accident, yeah. Which I thought was quite sad. Just mm. kind of... How you really want to... Go, is it? Just, no. No, I'd rather go with my boots off. Go, what? Dying in sleep or something, isn't it? Unfortunately, not a lot of people do that. No, I died from a... Oh, Yeah, fortunately, not a lot of people do pass away in their sleep. He is, yeah. And how old was he when he passed? How old did he live to? 84. 84. So they're all quite old, aren't they? They're really... Good old age. As Phil said earlier, um, Len Nimoy died when he was 83. So it's all... Mm, and I, I, will, I will say this for, for Half Bennett. As I said, I, I particularly have to credit him for Star Trek 3 because I think personally, as a as a Star Trek film, I think that's a bit overlooked. I think that's a bit underrated. Um, and I've, I've actually I've always quite enjoyed it. Star well, Trek well the other thing is, well, not that I've seen it, so I'm not, I shouldn't really comment no. too much, but... I'm sure there's lots of people out there that say Star Trek 2 was probably one of the best films. Yeah. Did he? No. Set yeah. the beginning of his film, yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, of course. He's got, well, it's a mixture of Half Bennett and you've got um, Nicholas Meyer. Meyer, yes. Yeah. Those two are the kind of... Who I had the uh, pleasure of getting an autograph from at Destination Star Trek. The SC3, I think. Yes. So, but yeah, I said, and, and these are sort of the people you, you would... I mean, I said, I would really like, I would have to remain. Oh, Benny, absolutely. Talk to him about his work on, on Star Trek and other other things that he's done as well. So, but... Next one. Yeah, yeah. I think that was. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, should we go on to the next person, which is Grace... So we're going back to in front of the camera with Grace Lee Whitney. Yep. Yeah. Don't do start when you give me notes or... No, if you want me to start, that's fine, yeah. Um, she was uh, born in 1930, so around about the same time as... As Bennett and Nimoy, because I know Phil will probably bring up at some point. Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and she she passed away in um, May the 1st. That's what it's worth doing research. I'm over in the corner. <laughs> May, May, May 1st, 2015, and she was actually 85. 
Um, <laughs> oh, similar, similar to age to the, the other yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, just an observation. Well, <laughs> not much older than I said a minute ago when I said the same thing. Yes, uh, she was an American actress and singer, and obviously known mainly for her role as um, Janice Rand on the original series of Star Trek and the subsequent films and afterwards. And she's appeared at quite she a lot of Star really Trek sing, events. Um, um, Background, early life, didn't yeah. she? Because she was born Marianne Chase in Ann Arbor, Michigan. She was adopted by the Whitley family who named her Grace Elaine Whitley. Yeah, it's interesting because you brought that up to me. I was reading from my notes and you said to me, because we were on um, Skype earlier, and you said, oh, yeah, she was actually adopted. I didn't actually know that, that, that she was adopted. But one of the interesting things I found out and I wanted to share with both you guys was... Um, let me have a look. It's in... Let's have a look. She was actually appeared in... Ah, this is it. She was cast as a member of the all-female band in Billy Wilder's comedy, Some Like It Hot. Really? Is that yeah. a film? Yeah, that's a film, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a film with... Um, Jack Lemmon, Tony Curtis and Marilyn Monroe. Yes, yes. She yeah. said several scenes with all of them, including the famed... Who was she? She played one of the uh, members of the all-female band that they... Um, I think that... Um, they hire, I think, as a distraction for the guys coming after Yes, them. yeah. They, yeah. They, they base, well, not not the Simon. If you haven't seen Some Like It Hot. I keep asking to be shown there. You need to go and watch I it. Know, That's as bad as Jamie not, not watching Back, Back to the, the Future. No, but I've always wanted to. It's not. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take you. Some Like It Hot is, um, well, it's an it's amazing. A, it's the only. F- right, and, and this is coming quite big from me because you two both know no, I don't like ha- black and white how much films, I don't like black yeah. and white films. It's the only black and white film I will actually watch. If anyone out there has not seen this film, watch it. It is fantastic. I, would, I have now got to re-watch that just to I've see been, who she is. I've yeah. been backing on about the film for years. No, neither of you... Well, you've never seen I've got it up, I've got it upstairs. We will let you borrow it. But she apparently she said several scenes oh, with the main stars. You've got... Um, you only have twice. I don't know what bring it up now. But... Huh? You only have twice. Remember you borrowed it off me? Yes, I did. Yes. Never mind, sorry. Most random thing to bring it up in, yeah. in, in, in <laughs> the middle of the podcast. Yeah, that, yes, I will. Yeah, we'll have to edit that one out. Well, <laughs> it's fine. I, I was actually meant to bring it tonight, but I forgot. But yeah, I will so how was your day, Jamie? What did you do for dinner? Uh, oh, and do you know what, Phil? We had a really nice spaghetti bolognese. Oh, really? Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So um, what about lunch? Was your lunch good? Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. We'll get back to the podcast in a minute. So yeah, yeah. What, what about your day? Did you work today? Or no, you had I was a day off today. Or? I'm in tomorrow morning. Now, yeah. And Si, do you... How'd you block out? You got a block out? <laughs> oh, right, oh, I forgot. And sorted out um, Jamie with his um, Skype for interviews that are coming up. Anyway, yes. go, going yeah. back to you, anyway, I, I'm, I'm going to need to re-watch some like yeah, that, because I'm glad you pointed that out. She said several scenes, including the famed upper birth sequence, uh, which is, yeah. Upper birth? Upper birth, yeah. Is that a dog? Upper birth sequence, yeah. Well, it says there, look. Upper birth sequence. I oh, you, I've not seen it in it. a long while, so... But well, I, only, I only watched it, like, six months ago, so no. I don't know if she means upper birth. No, anyway. but it's, it's... I said, it's something I never actually knew. That was just like, whoa, that was just a really big surprise. But it's just something I wanted to bring out, because I, I did mention something to you guys earlier about it, but I, I didn't want to you know, I think it. I recognise her from from that uh, part where they're on the train and they all start drinking. That's one of my <laughs> favourite scenes, in fairness. Yeah, so... Hmm. I yeah, as I said, it, again, it's a case of 
you watch something, you don't know they're in it, but then you come to know them slightly or slightly, then you go back and it's like, oh my God, they're actually in that as well. Yeah, this is going back to what I was saying about Paul Judd. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I keep going to call Judd. If you're listening, Paul, sorry. You know, I know, but <laughs> I think we're safe to say that's fine. <laughs> we'll get an old angry tweet now. How dare you think I'm not listening? <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't be saying it like that, would you? No, <laughs> no imaginary, but they... yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so she she started her, uh, her entertainment career as a as a girl singer on Detroit's WJR radio at the age of fourteen. And after she left home, she began to call herself Lee Whitney, eventually becoming known as Grace Lee Whitney. Yeah. And in her late teens, she moved to Chicago, where she opened in nightclubs for Billy Holiday and Buddy Rich. Oh, really? So she started out essentially in music. That's where she said started out as a singer. When was that, Jamie? Um, well, she did it in her late teens, so I'd say probably late 40s, around about late 1940s. And then she then went on to um, Early 50s. debut in... Um, Broadway stage in Top Banana before going on to appear in um, the motion picture of it. Yeah. Then she went on to work with uh, Jeffrey Hunter in The Man from Gaveston. Jeffrey Hunter? Oh, oh, Jeffrey Hunter. I know that I didn't know. It's interesting. Um, As you did back then, you appeared on television series including Bewitched, Batman, Simamaro Strip, whatever that is, a Virginian, Manics... These are um, all American things that we yeah. never have watched. Police story. One of them to be which she was in. Uh, appeared um, alongside George Takai in a nineteen. Oh, that's a photo here. But in my nineteen ninety eight episode of Diagnosed Murder. Yep, she was in. Di- yep, yep. I had that actually. in that. Yeah, which reunited with old Star Trek castmates George Takai, Walter Koenig, and Majel. That one of Major those things that everybody Mary. wanted to get on. Apparently, Diagnosis Murder. I mean, there's a lot of recognisable. Well, Oh, for me, people I know that are stars I reckon there's a lot of recognisable stars. And then when she went on to get into the big role of Star Trek, mm. she then had problems with that because that didn't work out how she wanted it to. Um, no, because she was written out of episodes and then ultimately dropped after eight episodes. Well, it was interesting because she she was supposed to play uh, the, um, the 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 yeah the science officer for Mary who Marianne Hill to Marianne Hill played Helen Null. Hello, no, thank you. Yeah. Again, that's like I didn't know about until Simon, you saw me told us earlier, didn't you? Which I thought was interesting. <laughs> it still feels funny there. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was actually going to bring up something else there, but I thought, no. <laughs> I was going to say, if it had been her, would you pick Jerry Ryan or Wesley Whitney? And, mm. and their hater. <laughs> God. I don't know, they're not. I don't know. No, I don't like her. I didn't meet her back in 2012. No, it's not, that's not the case, darling. <laughs> No, I just, yeah, moving on. No, but I mean, yeah. I yeah. don't find blonde attractive, okay? Moving on. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> Everyone's got their own type, fair enough. Anyway, but yeah. The whole reason she um, got written out is a bit uncertain. There's no real sure why. Jim Raspberry always thought it would uh, be said in his biography, it's just that it was budgetary cutback. But, um, I can understand that. But Did um, she add anything really to the actual... Well, plot lines um, and stuff like that. Although um, yeah. she did have a struggle with alcohol and diet pills. Yeah, she's it's also a possible cause, but there was also another reason that's a bit that we wouldn't associate with Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, 
Which yeah. I don't particularly want to go into, but no. you can if you want to. No, no, it's up to you. I don't, I don't, I don't honestly mind, so it's up to you. Um, I've got, I've got. You can whisper at it, and then people can do their own research, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that, easy to findable. It's on Memory Alpha, but it's and Wikipedia, yeah, it sort of tints what, what you know, kind of clean image of Star Trek in a way. I know that sounds stupid, but that's how it feels to mm. me. Just kind of read that that was going on, mm. and then you go, oh no, you're causing problems. I'm going to get rid of you now. Yeah, Although I think she didn't. Mm. Do anything wrong? No, really. no, she didn't. But so, so if you want to look up what we're referring to, check out her, check out memory or, or whatever. Wikipedia, but you yeah. can find it. Yeah, yeah well, we're not gonna no. put that into. But, um, but she um, after that happened, she then um, really enjoyed her cameos, effectively, in the Star Trek films, and went on to fan fiction. Yeah, which I think she quite enjoyed doing. Yeah, and she since she returned to the franchise in the seventies, Star Trek, when DeForest Kelly uh, saw her and told her that fans had been asking her for her fan conventions, so she so she went back to the USA site and she reprised her roles in the films and also in the Voyager episode flashback as well uh, for the thirtieth um, anniversary uh, of the franchise. So, yeah. Which is quite a nice uh, little tribute, really. I love it when that mm. happens. Well, Absolutely. She, she said from the motion picture, it gave me a feeling as if I turned back my life ten years. So I can imagine kind of getting that call and kind of going, we want you back on Star Trek again. Yeah, I could sort of imagine just the feeling of sort of nostalgia sort of coming back to, to I mean, despite... It's kind of like serious, problem. really. Yeah, of course I will. Yeah, mm. the problem she had, you know... Part of her must have, you know, really enjoyed doing what she did. Yeah. So well, enjoying, enjoying being Jane, on Star Trek. Would you say that she turned to drink and diet pills because of that problem we're referring to? Do you reckon that's for her reason why she got in that problem, and well, then that led on to? Jim it's, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Once quite you're possible, on, you're, and then Jim Russell noticing that, and then going, oh, budgetary cuts. Possibly. Possibly. You, Possibly. you never really know the truth yeah. about it. He obviously did it. As as a night as a as a, a nice way to let them down rather than go you're fired go away make up read it make, read what's said on her on the pages and make up your own mind and but she's also got also see her own autobiography uh, the longest trek my tour of the galaxy she talks a lot about her time of Star Trek and yeah yeah so there's also that as well which well I, she obviously enjoyed it at the end of the day so well yeah and the other thing is she did uh, she also did a lot of she did quite a bit of music in the nineteen sixties and seventies. So she sang with a number of orchestras and bands, um, including the Keith Williams Orchestra, and later she concentrated on jazz and pop vocalising while fighting for the band's style in the 1970s. With her then-husband, Jack Dowell, she wrote a number of Star Trek-related songs. Right. I missed that. Um, so she was bitter against Rottenbury, um, later apologising to him for the... Um, Rottenbury later apologised for the dismissal and said it was the dumbest mistake he, he ever made. Oh, okay. So there is, so there's, yeah, okay. Oh, fair enough. That, that, that clears up, that clears up a little bit in terms of, I didn't, I didn't, well, I don't think I had that on my one. Did you get that off memory alpha? Yeah. Oh, okay. This one's yeah. got memory alpha. Oh, yeah, sorry. Probably <laughs> <laughs> only glasses. Do you think that's maybe why in the later original series there were so many fleet in, fleet out young women that Kirk had? Because there was that missing ladyship in in, in well, the what, original series. What you think? What the, the um, role that that she would that Grace Lee Whitney would have had? Mm. Um, she said they wanted William Shatner to have romances in each episode with a different person because for him to be stuck with one woman was not good for him. It wasn't good for important character. It couldn't be written out. 
everything's everything's political in America. One of the blondes had to go. The other one was engaged to the boss. So guess who went? I just about about killed myself. I drink. That's what you do. We drink. We get rid of pain. I was really mad. My God, I was bitter. And then that's when he apologised for dismissal. And I think also during that hard time, I think actually um, Namoy helped her as well during that time, difficult time that she was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he helped her. So she had a really tough time, didn't she? Yeah. She, she didn't recover but, from it until the 1980s, did she? No, but it's, it's nice to know that she, she managed to fight to, to Get herself deal, out deal with it. Yeah. Um, but sorry, going back to what I said about the music, she did um, said number of Star Trek related songs and she did things like something called Disco Trekking. In 1976, which I love the sound of disco trekking, I've got to listen to that. Um, and Star Child. And then Is she, it going to be a billboard event for Phil again? Probably. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking that. Yeah, I was just, and, maybe I'll stick to it. Always, the Klingons and the Star You better not kill the Vulcan. <laughs> DJ. <laughs> and some of the tunes you recall was like Charlie X, Mary, uh, Enemy Within, and the USS Enterprise. Those are some of the tunes she recorded. So, I've yeah. heard of none of them. You've heard of none of them. Yeah. No, fair enough. Well, I'll, I'll get Sorry. I was working on the brig on the late last night. <laughs> Sorry. But no, it's... Um... <laughs> right, we have really lost him here. Oh. Yeah. He, he's he not... was in the brig. He's not with us. Guys, he was in the brig. He's not with us, guys. He's, he's somewhere else. Oh, I'm just going to pass that on to Weirdo Yakovic. You'll love it. <laughs> Phil's new single is coming this Christmas. Uh, a podcast near you. Will it be number one? <laughs> or it may under, end up on our last episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah <laughs> All right, I'll work on it. I'll, Actually, get, some, no, I'll get some lyrics together. Do, do the vote. It'd be between Phil's song and Bill by Baggins. No. <laughs> Definitely 100% not. <laughs> um, But... Yeah, so, and in her personal, well, personally, she has uh, two sons, um, and she moved to California in 1993 to be close to one of her sons, Jonathan, and, um. Yeah, Jonathan's nice, yeah. Hmm? Jonathan's nice. Oh, don't you start. I know what you're going to bring up. Don't. Oh, what? Was it Simon's what? Fantasy? Oh, I thought you were, what, you, what are you referring <laughs> to then? Well, it's kind of, it's, you know, kind of her son, Jonathan, which is kind of... Oh, okay, like, I thought like, you... Like, you knew him, just kind of, yeah, Jonathan's oh, okay. nice, yeah. Oh, sorry, I thought you were referring... I was referring to anything. I thought you were referring to something else, okay. No. Fair enough. Um, I'm yeah. just trying to be funny. That's all right, no. Well, that... <laughs> yeah, that just went... <laughs> you can tell we haven't done this in a while, okay? No, you can't. We're crazy. Moving swiftly on. Absolute friends with a bit of craziness from him. What yeah. was that about Jonathan? He's a nice guy. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, and she, um, she, she said she passed away on May the first, and she, she passed away of natural causes. So, sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was but, nice that she had that chance to right the wrongs that happened. Yeah. Well, yeah. To deal with what she'd gone that through. Like quantum leap. Right, the roles that went wrong before. But, and, you know, again, just... Sounds just, like Back to the Future, eh, Jamie? Ah, uh, that's what I feel. <laughs> that's what I feel. One point, 31 gigawatts! <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, like, 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 and Bennett, it's just, just due to a good old age, you know? Hmm. So... You never really got to see her enough, though. 
No. No, it's a real shame. But again, I think I think well, you 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 were born in the wrong era, though, Simon. I think I think again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. I think it, I, I know I said I'm in it as sort of behind the scenes people, but again, I'd say again, that's, she's sort that's of been the whole reason I wanted to do this because you yeah. don't realise how clever the people are doing Sartre. You look at well, it's, it's, it's you also, look at the memory of the pages of the people, and you go, "Wow, blimey, you did all that before you did this. You are." a really great person why has no one ever heard of you yeah it's it's the face it's 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 just the fact that it's it's just it's like you know when when i came up this you know you saw in my room i've got a page like eight pages worth going through all of them trying to work out who we're going to do in the future yeah and i've got a list of Mm. what probably about 10 years worth already it's the fact that Again, it's people, you know, you said some night grass thing went now. But you, you don't actually know that well. You only see the snippet of what and of their career When you, yeah. when you research them, you realise how big of an impact they've actually had on whether Again, it's Again, going back to what I said about people yeah. that you can realise have done yeah. certain things. Yeah. Which links us in quite nicely to, to a last, quite a large, or quite a large, quite a big composer. Yes, a last, um, Last person that we're going to be talking about are our absent friends. No, I've got one page. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> You've got one page. I've got about three or four pages. Uh, Jamie, should we let him start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is um, the American composer, conductor, and orchestra of film scores, Mr. James Horner. Um, he was born in uh, August uh, 1953, and he passed away only in June this year. So he's um, quite relatively young, really. Yeah, he passed away. I think he was. I think he was. Uh, he was in his. He was only. He was only sixty. Sixty one. Um, but he is famous for so many musical scores. I mean, and and it's quite incredible because when I was researching here again, it's bringing up stuff that he's composed that I never knew about when I was a child. Well, give us a few then. Um, so, for example, he started his first major film score was for the nineteen seventy nine film The Lady in Red. Um, Hmm? Never seen it. No, same here. But um, he did not establish. He did not establish himself into a mainstream of the past until he worked on Star Trek Two: Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Um, seen and, that? Yeah. Not seen that. Why, Phil? Why? I've seen Back to the Future. Because you it, need to see yeah, Wrath of Khan. Because it's funny and it annoys Neil. Jamie, can we knock <laughs> him in a cupboard and see him through like a film marathon of all the Star Trek films? Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Um, he also and obviously um, so the Wrath of Khan and. Um, I actually had listened to that soundtrack earlier, and I listened to different ones that he'd done. Um, so also he also obviously he also did. Shall we just go through it? Fourteen arrows. Something wicked. This way comes across. I've heard of it. Crawl, brainstorm, cocoon, which my mum's crazy about for some reason. <laughs> Willow, land before before time. Ah, Glory. that's where. Yes, of course, land before time. Honey, I shrunk, shrunk the kids. Yep. See American Tale for Earl goes west. Yeah, and that was a massive. What's that one? Patriot, Patriot Games. Games, The Pelican Brief, Legends of the Fall. I was reading them. Clear and Legend present. of the Fall, Clear and Present. Don't Danger, read them then. Ransom, Courage Under Fire. <laughs> Jamie, the next one you want to say? Uh, the Master Zorro. He did both the films. Yep. Um, yeah. Amazing film, Deep Impact. Again, my mum loves that one, but mm-hmm. a, a great film. Perfect Storm. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, he did Perfect Storm. Oh, I didn't Enemy know Enemy at the Gates, The Missing, Troy, Flight Pen. Troy as well. The New World. That's what it's got written. And, oh, sorry, and um, and Avatar. Yes, he did and Avatar. Avatar. Yes, he's yes. been, actually, it's an interesting Which fact. Which won a, um, 
assassin award for. And actually, what's an interesting fact is um, he actually spent two years working on that score for Avatar and didn't do anything else during that time. So for two years of his life, he solely spent working on the score. Yeah, and he did quite well from it. Two Golden Globe Award nominations for Best Score, Motion Picture, and for Best Original Song. And of course, the um, he also did his musical score for Braveheart as well. Yeah, um, and obviously the most well-known thing is well, the film is most well-known for composing the music for Titanic. Yes, of course. Um, but it's interesting what you say about well, we, we, you it was actually you, Jamie, that came up with it. So I'll probably but should let you say it. Um, things that you remember when you were a child. Yeah, well, it's the case of when I was going through researching James Horner. It's like some of the things that some of the films that he'd composed music for, and I never realised. So films like, again, like I said, Five Will Goes West, one of my favourite childhood films, or Jumanji. He did this. He did the musical score to. Uh, the musical score for Jumanji as well, mm. and it's just the fact that. See, for me, it's Land of All Time. I can remember, I can remember yeah. watching yeah. that with my two sisters. I say all of us will know him for different things, so yeah. we all have things linked up. So we've got Avatar, we all enjoy Jumanji. We've got Titanic, you've got um, Jumanji. Well, I'll, I'll leave you and two then to for enjoy me, <laughs> um, like Deep Impact. So yeah. I watched that so often when I was younger yeah. with Mark mm. that. It's one, like one of the few disaster films that I really enjoy. It's got such a it's such a great film, and I think mm. as ever the, the music works so well with it because it's like it's in sequence with it where they're standing mm. in front of um, Washington DC. Yeah, and you've got uh, Freeman, uh, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, yeah as the I think president. So. Yeah, and then you get the music at the end. I've seen Deep Impact in a long time. We will. We will rebuild, and you hear the music in the background, and you go, "Yes, we will rebuild." It's one of those rebuild. ones where it's it's the old sort of hair on the back of your neck yeah. stand up moment. It's, I mean, listening to James, listening to James Horner, I only did a very small cross section sample of listening to some of his musical scores, but so I did. I listened to Titanic, I listened to Zorro, Master Zorro, I listened to um, what was that one? I think well, Braveheart. Um, Braveheart is, is one of those ones that almost well, sheds a tear to your eyes. It's, 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 it's just it's so empowering. If, if you think if you compare something like say this is a good say Titanic to Master's Eye, completely different pieces of music. One film that he is quite well known for, Peace of Mind. Yes, of course. Yeah, I, I knew I wanted to say it because otherwise I think we would have forgotten it. Kind of why yeah. hadn't you said that? Yeah, come on, Peace of Mind. So it's, hmm. um, but you have got to say in terms of Titanic. He is part of the reason why we have got to end up with My Heart Will Go On. Oh, I like that song, but that's that's another whole other ball game. That's a whole different argument, but yeah. Um. <laughs> that sort of ruined 97, though, and it? it? was about only song that I uh, ever played. Probably, I can't remember, though. So, but um. <laughs> Lots of answer for that did, one. Did you... I'm actually... No, I'm staying out of it, because I, I don't particularly like that song. Okay, but that, right. that's... But I'm not taking anything. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not particularly taking it away from him because, in fairness, I don't like it. But a lot of people loved it. A lot of people gained strength from it. A lot of people remember it. And it's probably a lot of people's at the time wedding track. Well, as I said, it's it's the fact that you know, with what he composed, like I say, Master Zorro and Titanic, it's just completely different pieces of music, but they fit exactly what the film is about and what Mm. the messages are. So, like for Titanic, it's in a case of these two lovers that come together and, you know, despite the fact that, you know, they only knew each other a few days, their love, you know, lasts. She remembers him and her whole life was influenced by that, by, by those characters influenced by what her interactions with Jack, God, 
kind of get out of that sentence there. But it's just the yeah, fact... Yeah, it, it, it's going back to... I mean, that's the job of a very yeah. good composer. Like, and, like when you look at John Williams, you look at uh, that Hans Zimmer. Yeah, you, absolutely. You, yeah. But he, they all have their own traits as well. Like, mm. I don't know if you ever noticed this, that I can always tell when something is Hans Zimmer. I can always tell yeah, when it's John yeah. Williams. Mm. And that's the other thing that you need to say about James Horner. You can always tell it's it's, it's him. You it's know, him. you don't have to actually. When you listen to it, you can actually think, yeah, that is that's James Horner. Apart from the fact that we've all gone, I never realised it was him. You know, I'm talking about for certain films. I'm not talking about. Yeah, but we've gone. Oh, that film was all. I didn't realise that. So we've listened to it. No, and I was. Gone, I was. Yeah, I was trying to refer that's to. The thing. You kind of go, yes, you know, immediately. No, you don't. You kind of go, oh, yeah, it's him. Now, what I'm trying to say, well, yeah. what I'm, I'm paying different. Go, no, going advocate. back to, now, now, I know the films. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm no, but now I know them. I'm because I haven't had, I haven't watched them for a long time. Now I know them. I'm, I'm, I'm not yeah. singing, but I can hear the yeah, tunes I know, in my head. That's, that's and I mean, yeah. there is that sort of similar to it. But, yeah, that's why. That's why I knew where you were coming from, Phil. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But um, Sid, it's just the fact that. He, and, and, you know, with, say, with the Titanic score, it's not just about those two, but it's just about the whole whole situation with the ship. It's just really sad what happened. And just remembering those who, who perished on, on, on the ship. And, you know, it's just... it's The music's... You know, it's just, it just spoke such emotion. Well, there was the birth of health and safety, if any of ever there was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just... Um, How come I can keep writing in my fact about my blog in this episode? Well, I was actually going to say because me and Phil were talking. We, me and Phil were talking about earlier. We're actually we were talking about classical music. Um, yes, yeah, and I was going to bring this up. Go ahead, yeah. No, that's right, Phil. You brought you brought it up. So you no, I mean, it. We, we, what we'll, yeah, I don't know how we got onto the subject. I think it was just talking about James Horner, but classical music for me has this ability just to send you somewhere that you, you very rarely can get to when yeah. we're running around like headless chickens all of our lives. There is that chance that you can just stop and have a piece of music just yeah. just change what you can. I mean, one of my uh, unfortunately it's not him, but one of my favourite, I think, is another John Williams. Actually, I might be I might be get a lot of hate mail for this, but it's the um, Dances with Wolves. Yeah, which is a beautiful piece of music. Mm. Just one of those ones, and you hear that horn right at the end, and it almost brings you to tears. It's just. Yeah. A lot of people will make fun of you for maybe make fun of you for liking classical music, but I, I love it. Well, I just, it as, I, as, I, as I said, one of my blogs was on the benefits of classical music. So, you know, I was looking at sort of what the qualities are of classical music. I, I think like I said a lot of students you listen to classical music and it actually helps them to focus more on their studying and things like that. And I've always found it quite relaxing when when, when if you can't sleep at night. I've used that as an example in my blog. Mm. Check it out if you haven't already. Phil, what books have you written? <laughs> Oh, I've done one or two. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were just cross from out all our blogs. <laughs> I did one about man's best friend. You did. That was a really good blog. For this me. is like I've done one. Jamie's done one. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, go, going back to yeah, go yes. Back. If you want to have a little check out of my blog, <laughs> but I'd say I'd say um, for me, in terms of um, James Sornoff, in terms of people we've discussed today in this episode. I say for me, James Horner's definitely been enough massive impact. I think impact. overall, we can just say Star Trek employee, clever people. Yeah, and I think but, yeah, I mean, and you know, it's the fact that without part, yeah, Star Trek is such a vast franchise, and there's been there's been I say hundreds, but I'm going to say thousands of people involved in some form or another. Oh, that, like hundreds of thousands, I think. Okay, but hundreds these, of thousands. I mean, yeah. not it, not to, not to bring it down, but these these four people. 
They're tip of the iceberg. They are yeah, the tip, the tip of the iceberg. iceberg but yeah. How big and amazing were they? Their parts. They're just what they'd done. To, oh, you to, have to, no idea how how many, many how many millions of people will probably sit there and if someone talks about any one of those Phil, names, Phil, we, Phil, we're going to have to this same every year. Yeah. I say, yeah. I, I think because this one's gone quite well. I think I'm quite happy how it's gone. So I think next mm. year, I think I might do a bit of experimenting. I think we might do mm. a couple of people that haven't. I don't think people will know straight away. Yeah, yeah. Because I think there's loads of people in there that mm. I think people go, "Oh, I well, didn't know him." Well, the this... other the other interesting thing. Sorry, go back to. Sorry, you, you finish. Sorry. No, that's fine. No, no, just, just, just what I was saying. You, yeah. Okay. Um, what I was saying about James Horner is the fact that when I was listening to some of the music he composed like on YouTube. And when he passed a few months ago, there was all these comments just thanking him for the wonderful music that he, wonderful uh, musical pieces that he produced. I just, you know, just um, the same. Thank you so much for what you've done, and rest in peace. And she said, just tributes, like like to the other people that we've talked about. But the other thing is, all these people will live on, won't they? There's always going to yeah. be those films. There's always going to be that music. There's always going to be yeah. those acting roles. There's always going to be them on screen. And there's always going to be, gonna be credits for the production. Yeah, they're right. always going to be remembered in some form or another. So yeah, but hence the reason why we're doing this. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I said, for, for, I said for me, James just said for James Horner said just had a big impact. I didn't realise until today. Just on my childhood, in terms of the enjoyment of watching. Well, I didn't realise Land Before Time. That was new for me. Yeah, I said Father Goes West. I didn't know that either. So it's just it was just quite interesting the fact that it said, you know, but all uh, all these all these four all these people that we've talked about have had some sort of impact on on us and just just everyone really. Mm. So and it's it's for that that we want to thank them and, and honour their memory by by doing this yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that summed it up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Phil. Oh, ow! Sorry. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> so, um, have we got any final thoughts on... No, uh, yes, other than, like, like what we just said, to thank them and, and we will never never forget. No. That's why every year we're doing, we'll be doing this. Yeah. It will be at the end, towards the end of the year, we'll be doing an episode like this. Cause yeah. that, I, I don't know about you guys, but I think this works out well. Yeah, I think well, so, yeah. Maybe, maybe if it, all the, the listeners can let us know their favourite moments from people and, and let us know yeah, on Twitter Yeah, give us some Facebook suggestions on um, maybe some, have some friends over like us to maybe talk mm. about. And next I've year. already got an awful load of them, but I've got a list of them. No, I meant more in the, you know, what what, what their favourite moments oh, for, from Nimoy, their favourite moments from Lee Grace. Lee Whitney. Thank you. Um, yeah, yeah. That's good I'm not it. quite sure what we'll do with it, but hey. No, but it's nice to know that if we're on the same page or whether there's something that we haven't, we've overlooked that they, they, that they may know them from. Yeah, absolutely. Because I said, this is probably only a snippet of probably what information it actually is. So, yeah. Well, we've done, especially the research that we've done. We've done quite a good bit of, yeah, we've done quite a bit of research. So I think we've, I think we've, um, sort of, you know. Done them proud, I hope. Yeah, we hope they've done them proud. Absolutely. <laughs> And I know we had a joke along the way, but that's just us, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've got people like Jamie in the room. He's always going to go a little bit wrong, isn't it? Or someone like Phil, who, yeah, <laughs> not really going to go there. <laughs> moving on. Moving someone on. like Phil is just acting crazy. Yeah, the indeed. Well, I think that's been another episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm not sure why I'm just, hey, just like, yes, I see as well. Just kind of, oh, that's I didn't see that. Just, like, just kind of. Pointing fingers at each other's kind of. Oh, hello, so I didn't see you. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so... Sorry, sorry, boy. Sorry, chap. <laughs> it's not complaining, it's just kind of. 
Yeah, he makes it funny. He makes it funny. Okay, what about me then? I don't know. Do I just no, just sit there in the back going. Read my blog. Read my blog. <laughs> read my blog. It's the wand. only thing I live for. Read my blog. Do you want, do you want a wand? We blog Leviosa. It just comes out of you from the page. Anyway, if you're still with us after all that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check us, um, yeah, keep a look out for the next episode of the Engaged yeah, Podcast. Yeah, because we've got um, another series of interviews coming before mm. our new episode that you don't know anything about. Yes, we've yes. got we've got some, uh, well, let's just say some celebrities lined up, shall we? And well, leave it like that. Well, no, we've got Richard Diaries coming back on. <laughs> <laughs> the way, you the ruined it! I was filled now! Way to bring us back down to earth with a bump site. Well, no, in like a week's time. So <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll be catching up with Ashley and, and Jason. Jason. Oh, Phil. Well done, Phil. Well I was about that. to say Ian, then. I don't know why I said I was going to say Ian. Sorry, Jason. You won't be listening. Like no, that. probably not. But hey, but you won't we'll, be listening. Probably put it out. We'll, we'll, we'll just bring it up in there when we when we use no, it. just just wait for it because he but would have to listen to an hour and a half of my dribble first. <laughs> but it's actually been almost a whole year, isn't it? I think since we. We first interviewed them, wasn't it? Last, it was about a year now, wasn't it? I think it was something about along that time. Because we've done well having the podcast sort of double anniversary as well for the yeah, birthday Yeah, because we blog. said we recently had the, the podcast <laughs> launch and obviously for the, we had the birthday for the blog as well. Oh, there it is again! <laughs> well, so if you haven't listened or started reading Simon's blog, or my where blogs. can they find you, Simon? Is <laughs> <laughs> under terrible of like... Yeah. Just Google Simon in or, or Engage Podcast blog and you'll find it. Um, or you'll get some random person that's not Simon. If, if Put it this way, if there's not plenty of photos in the blog, it ain't ours. It's a rule. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I think we should sign off. We've attempted four times. They can find us on our websites at www.theengagedpodcast.com or you can email us at theengagedpodcast at yahoo.com or you can find us on YouTube at our YouTube channel, The Engaged Podcast. I was just going to wait to see how many times we can say it. And on Facebook at The Engaged Podcast. I thought you'd forgotten then. No, I was I wasn't going to bite Phil. I was surprised how many people have probably stopped listening at this point. Yeah, and probably. And the other bits, did you listen to the last five minutes of that podcast? No. no they all Go went, and listen. They all went insane. I love to wait for it yet another time. I've just sat here and you've both done it for me, so I didn't have to do any of it. Great. Who are you? Good, yeah. What was that? Can you hear something, Jamie? Yeah, I don't know. Someone's in the corner over there. I don't know. Yeah, so I think he's talking about his blog Be again. quiet. I think he's talking about his blog again. <laughs> <laughs> blah 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 blah. Well, Simon Blog. Yeah. <laughs> Simon <laughs> Blog. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, things that Christ. make us go. <laughs> Some make us go. <laughs> Some things that make us go. Do you know? Do you know what we're referring to there, Phil? No. You won't. No, they don't mind Just let it go over your head. Packlids. No idea what you're doing. Do, do, well, that, do you remember Bilbo Baggins, though? You can't forget that. Be quiet. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I can see him dancing in my head. <laughs> oh, now I can hear it. Right, think, think, Do think. you actually people know what we're think. talking about here? Be, no, 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 shush. 
Wait, 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 wait. I think people think I'm just playing ten minutes. I'm just playing <laughs> I'm just playing a John Williams there we are, Jurassic Park. Paul oh, Baggins. Don't ruin it for me, please. I don't need my pop song. No, the dinosaur comes out and all of a sudden it just cuts the lead and you're dancing about. Oh, Christ. People definitely turned off now. Yeah, we definitely have lost it. Uh, yep, so. That's been another edition or episode of the Engaged Podcast. That was another crazy edition of the Engaged Podcast. As always, I've been Phil. I've been... We meant to do that. You've been Simon and I've been Jamie. Really? That's my phone. <laughs> that's, that's been Simon's phone. <laughs> right, see you later, guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.